0: If you want to turn in your Bibles to the New Testament book of Acts in the second chapter. It'll be one of the passages that we look at today. Being Baptist, uh, the day that we celebrate baptism, the days, those days that we uh, have this uh, this ordinance that we observe is always a special day to me and to us because it reminds us of the beginning of our faith. It reminds us of this this event that that uh, we as Baptists share in common the day that we were baptized, the day that we committed our lives to follow Christ, the day that we made that public. Uh, This has been the practice of the Christian church, well, since the very beginning. And here in Acts chapter 2, we have one of the first sermons preached in a Christian church, a gathering there of people trying to figure out what's going on. And Peter's sermon, starting in verse 14, tells the gospel of Jesus Christ, how how man was separated from God, and how Jesus came to pay the penalty of our sins, how He was crucified for our sins, and so that we might be saved. The people there in Acts hear this story. They hear the, the gospel of who Christ is, and they respond. It says they, it says they were cut in their hearts, and they said, What shall we do to be saved? And the response was, Repent and be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that this was that kind of first moment that, that I think there were 3,000 people that said that day that responded to that message. That this is the story that we know. That we, we tell the story of Christ. We talk about our missionaries going around the world. Telling people who Jesus is. How Jesus is the Son of God. How because of the sin that, that we have inherited from Adam and Eve. And the sin that we've confirmed by our own sinful acts. That we're separated from God. And that God had a plan that He sent His Son to be a penalty, to take the penalty for our sins, to be the propitiation, be the payment for our sins, to be the the perfect Lamb of God who would die in our place so that we could be forgiven, so that our sins could be taken care of and that we could have a relationship with God again, that we could be restored, redeemed to God's relationship and look for the hope of heaven forever and ever, eternal life with God. This is the gospel. We tell it, we tell it, we want people to hear it. This is our message. This is the truth of who God is. And then there comes the question, but what next? After we hear that story, after we understand the truth of who Jesus is, after we, we grasp the story of what God has been doing for mankind, what do we do about that? That's what the people ask. And they said, repent, turn from your sins and be baptized. And so today we have this marker, we have this moment where we uh, recognize one person's response to the gospel. And that is Autumn Bain. She started working on that a few months ago. She started uh, talking to me about being saved. She wanted to know what it was about. She wanted to be baptized. She had this feeling in her heart. And, and we worked over the next couple of months to, to work through that because I think it's a very serious and very important kind of endeavor, not something to be taken lightly. When you commit your life to something, when you commit the rest of your life to something, it shouldn't be done on a whim, in a a moment's notice, I think. I think we need to think through that and understand the implications of that. One of the first things Autumn did, and I'll tell you about that, is I gave her a couple of books. Just little simple kind of workbooks. Understanding what salvation is. Understanding what baptism is. I do this for our young people because I want to see... Some initiative. I want to see that it, that it's important to them, that they are willing to apply themselves, that this is something they want, and she did. She did her workbooks, and she brought those back to me, and we went through the, through the questions and the answers, and so she felt like she had a good grasp on that moment. And so it was good to see her take that initiative, because this is a personal decision. It's not a decision she, her family makes for her, it's not a person, a decision I make for her, this church makes for her, this is something she must decide for herself, and want for herself. And she's put forth the initiative to show that uh, and then to seek baptism for that. So what I want to talk about just briefly here today, it's not on the back, so uh, we'll see if I'll turn around, what it is being Baptist. We're at the first Baptist church. It's in our name. <laughs> it's part of our DNA. It's important to us, baptism. And and what that means to us, and what we believe, and what we hold on that at, at, uh, on that uh, account, when we hear the gospel, what do we do about it? And baptism is what we believe is the kind of first response to hearing the truth of who Jesus is. And the first thing I'd like to do today is being baptist is give you three reasons why you should be baptized. Uh, there may be other people here who haven't been baptized, uh, and and so this is kind of the the crux of the Bible. Well, first reason I think that we should consider baptism, the reason we're baptist is because, well, Jesus was baptized. This is what He did. It's interesting to find in the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, that they all tell the story of Jesus' life in one way or another. But some of the stories that are in Matthew aren't in Mark, and some of the ones that are in Mark aren't in Luke, and some of the ones that are in Luke aren't in John, and some of the ones that are in John aren't in Matthew. They don't tell all the same stories. But there's a few stories that all four Gospels do tell. And the baptism of Christ is one of those that all four Gospel writers thought was so important that they included that in their telling of the story of Christ. In Matthew's Gospel, it's found in the third chapter and the 13th verse. It says this, "...then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John, to be baptized by him." But John tried to prevent him saying, I have need to be baptized by you and you come to be baptized by me. But Jesus answered, said to him, permit it at this time, for this is the right way. It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending on him like a dove and lightning on him and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So not only was Jesus baptized, but it pleased God that Jesus was baptized. Now it's interesting. People debate why Jesus was baptized. Obviously Jesus lived a perfect life. He was the spotless Lamb of God. John was giving baptism for the remission of sins or for repentance. So, so why was Jesus done that? And I think it's more than, than obviously he didn't need it for the forgiveness of his sins. But in another way to identify with us, to say, I am here with you. I am like you and the things I do, you should do also. And so it's kind of interesting that the baptism of Jesus is what most theologians, when we look in the Gospels, is the start of his earthly ministry. It's when he began to do all his miracles, when he began to teach, it's the beginning of his public ministry. It was the start of something for Jesus. And in a very similar way for you and I, for those of us who have been baptized, baptism is the start of our discipleship. It's kind of that road marker. It's that 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 kind of uh stake in the ground that says, This is where I started. We talked with Autumn when I had an interview with her, and we talked about when she was saved, and and she's like, I don't really know when that happened. <laughs> she goes, I just know it happened. You know, I think I've always believed it just seems to be part of who I am. And I said, and but what today will be will be that day when you can say, this is the day I started. This is the day that I mark my new birth. This is the day that I started. I have a, a date for my discipleship beginning today. It's this marker for us to begin. And, and for us, this would be something that this is our entry into a relationship with Christ. It probably happened sometime well before this day. It happened in her heart. It happened between her and God alone at some point in her life. But this is the day we mark it. And the day that we will celebrate that new birth. And so we should be baptized because as followers of Jesus, we do the things he did. And Jesus was baptized. A second reason for us to consider being baptized is Jesus instructed us to be Baptized. Matthew, again in Matthew's gospel at the end, the 28th verse, 28th chapter, 16th verse. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to a mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. To say that Jesus instructed baptism may actually be a little bit weak. Probably should have even used a little bit stronger language in what Jesus is telling us to do. Jesus commanded us to be baptized and to baptize. It's, it's more than just instructions. It's more of the command. In our statement of faith, it says this. It says, we observe as Baptists, being Baptists, that we observe two ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper. The word ordinance, by definition, is a decree, a command, or something to believe have been ordained by a deity. So when we call this thing an ordinance, we're saying God has commanded us to do this. And we do it in simple obedience because God has commanded it. And if God said do it, then as followers and believers of God, it's pretty clear we should do that. That in itself should be enough reason for us to be baptized because God said to do it. He ordained it and ordered it for order in our life. The strength of our statement is that we believe God has given us instructions, commands to baptize and be baptized. And that's why being Baptist, we see baptism so very, very important. That it is this marker, but it's also this first step in obedience to God Almighty. And it would have to wonder the question for those who would choose not to be, what does that say about their thinking about God's commands? It's interesting, too, I always find... Uh, solace or, or, or kind of encouragement in the idea you know the greatest leaders in the world always seem to have this I won't ask my people to do something that I won't do myself that they're always willing to to do what they instruct as much as anything and I think it's great that we serve God that our that our leader and our Lord Jesus Christ not only commands us to be baptized but he himself did it he not only commands us to love one another but he himself did it He not only commands us to love the least of these and to care for the hurting and the sick, but he himself loved the least of these and cared for the hurting and cared for the sick and for those who no one else would touch. That everything that Jesus has commanded us to do and asked us to do, he has done himself. Not only does he command us and tell us to sacrifice ourselves for others, but he himself sacrificed himself for us. And so we serve a God who not only gives commands, but does the same thing He asks us to do. And that's a great encouragement. The third reason I think we should consider baptism is Jesus' followers have practiced and preached baptism, well, since the beginning of the church. This is our tradition. (laughs) This is something followers have always been known for. We read that and told you that part in Acts chapter 2, that first Christian meeting, that first sermon preached after the resurrection of the christ and they and they said what shall we do you shall repent and be baptized acts chapter 2 verse 37 now when they heard this they were pierced to the heart and said to peter and the rest of the apostles brethren what shall we do peter said to them repent each of you and be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit verse 41 is the encouraging part the part that all preachers like to see Peter preached it in verse 37 and verse 38. In verse 41, the people did what Peter preached. That's the part you always want to see. They took what he said and they applied it to their lives. So then those who had received the word were baptized. And that day they were added to them about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That they began their discipleship walk that day. They heard the message and they responded. And so we as Baptists stand on firm ground when we preach that we should teach and participate in baptism. That this is solid ground. This is, we're standing on Christian history. That Christian churches throughout, uh, time have practiced the act of baptism. Actually, this is the first Christian sermon, as I've said, And we stand on that great history. And so we see this correlation between behavior and belief. I believe Jesus. I follow Jesus. Jesus was baptized. I believe Jesus. Jesus said get baptized. And the church has always practiced that. And we are descendants of that teaching. And so three reasons. Jesus was baptized. Jesus instructed baptism. And Jesus' followers have always preached and practiced baptism. But there's a difference. One of the unique things that makes up First Baptist Church Clarion is we have a wide history of different denominations here. That we have people coming from lots of different kind of backgrounds. And so we've brought ourselves together here, and I think it's important to understand that all Christian denominations seem to have practiced some form of baptism over the years. That this is particularly Christian. But we differ on our practices, our methods, and our modes. That that there's different thinkings and views on baptism. That some sprinkle, and some pour, and some immerse or dunk all the way down. There's different views about who should participate in baptism. Should it be for infants? Should it be for just believers, for adults who can make a decision for themselves? Or even is it necessary for one to enter heaven? There are those who believe if you're not baptized, you won't see eternity and that it's a necessity and necessary act we have all these different views and probably are the, the the reason for many of the denominations we have and so i think it's just important for us a little bit just to understand what we mean in this place when we practice this ordinance what we hold to in practice as baptists here in first baptist one we believe in believers baptism. That means that a person is of an age where they can make a choice for themselves whether they're going to commit their lives to Christ or not, that they become a believer and therefore we baptize them in response to their belief. That as your bulletin says something to the effect, it's the outward symbol of an inward change that someone recognizes, as Autumn would say, I now believe and so this is the response, this is that outward going of what I have done inwardly. We practice baptism, well, by immersion. If you didn't know that, that was probably not a big surprise to you. would have a great big pool over here, and it's nice and warm this year, and so we'll be okay with that. Uh, and we will go by immersion. Now, why immersion? Well, we believe that this is the best method to symbolize what we believe goes on, that, that Jesus Christ was dead, buried, and resurrected, And in a similar way, we are dying to ourselves, dying to our old way of life. We're being buried under the water and we're rising back to life anew. It proclaims what we believe Jesus did and proclaims what we believe will happen to us in the future, that there comes a time in our future lives when we will be dead and buried and we look forward to the resurrection of the body to be with Christ forever and ever and ever. And so the symbol here is very much about the death, burial and resurrection and that going under and being buried even momentarily is what we're proclaiming to the world that we believe. And that immersion seems to show that belief the best. So we believe believers baptism, those who can make a choice on their own by immersion as a symbolic profession. And it's not. Nothing magical happens necessarily in the water. Nothing supernatural necessarily. That this is a symbol. That this represents what I said. The death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Our own hope of being dead, buried, and resurrected. Because our sins are forgiven. Symbolic of what we believe. And profession to the world on what we believe. This is so that the world knows. This is what I believe. Probably... One of the best, or maybe not the best, but illustrations that I use is this little thing around my finger, which I can wear again, my wedding band. This is a symbol of a relationship I have with Shelly. It lets the world know that I'm committed to one woman for the rest of my life. Does this make me married? No, it doesn't. There's nothing special about this ring that, that enforces the, our marriage, that makes me do what I want to do in my heart, but it is a commitment, it's a symbol of a commitment in my heart. And in a very similar way, baptism is an outward expression to the world of a commitment we make in our heart to be in a relationship with Jesus for the rest of our lives. The baptism doesn't make you saved, it doesn't make that commitment. It is only symbolic profession to the rest of the world. And in the same way, at some point in my life, I chose to give myself to Shelley, and she chose to give herself to me. We choose today to give ourselves to Christ and profess that through a ceremony, much like a wedding, to the world about this special, new, wonderful relationship we have that carries us on. And so that is what we mean in this place by baptism. Believers' baptism by immersion as a symbol to the rest of the world, a profession of our faith, in Jesus Christ, it concerns me though that in our day, the significance of baptism and the teaching on it seems to have waned some over the past few years that it's sometimes seen as optional, seen as a good idea, yeah, you might want to do that, but but that the significance of it seems to have lost some of its punch and I want to say what we do today, what autumn does here today, and what we observe and participate in ourselves should be very profound. It should be done seriously, with much thought and reverence. It should be inspiring to us for us to remember our own baptism and our own commitment. A time for, for you to sit there as you remember your baptism to maybe in your heart say, I need to uh, just cherish that relationship, recommit myself to that relationship, enjoy that relationship I have with Christ and be thankful for it. In our day, baptism doesn't have the cost it did for the believers in the first century church. Those who would come and be baptized uh, were literally following Christ. They would be denounced by their family those who were leaving Jewish faith, that they would uh, be shunned by their family because they had left Judaism. For Romans later on in the first century, that, that if you were baptized publicly, it could literally be a death sentence. Because now you were with that hated bunch of Christians who were causing such anarchy within the empire and it would be a death sentence to them. And so we celebrate today and we'll take a few moments here and when Autumn comes down, her family will come down and, and take center stage here so they can see and celebrate. And Autumn will stand up front afterwards so that you can come and hug her and tell her how proud you are of her and welcome her to the family. And we will celebrate it. But there are times in our past history that this was a bro- very profound thing because it was not well accepted by the world. And the truth of the matter is, we still have persecuted brothers and sisters around the world who baptism would make them marked human beings. We need to remember them. As we enjoy this and we celebrate this, and we need to be thankful because we can do it so openly and so unashamedly and so uh, put our faith out there. But it should be profound. And so let me ask this of you today to consider as we move into this moment of baptism. For those of you who have never been baptized. Consider three things. Jesus did it. Jesus commanded it be done. And Jesus' followers have always practiced it. If you're a follower of Christ and you've never been baptized. I would instruct you and encourage you to deeply think about that. If you want to follow Christ, know that this is the beginning. This is a marker to begin that following of Christ. And so consider baptism. I would love to have a conversation, thoughtful, deep conversation about you committing your life to Christ through this wonderful ordinance. For those of you who have done it differently, I would just encourage you to study the Bible, understand what we believe and consider that I've been building and starting a, a, a Bible study, a study of the Scriptures to explain and understand what we believe and practice here at First Baptist. If you'd like to get a copy of that, if you'd like to talk about that and look at that further, I'd be glad to share that with anyone. So we look at what the Scriptures teach about baptism and then, and then try to be obedient to that to the best we can. As you see that and think about that today, evaluate within your own hearts where you are in baptism and where you need to be. In right relationship with god according to that at this point i'm going to ask autumn if she'd come up here and stand next to me this is the part that she's terrified about so y'all pray for her we'll give her family a chance if y'all guys want to move down front so you can see we'll let you kind of move down front as she comes down here to join me first thing i want to do at the end of one of her books there was a, t- a time for her to write her testimony very simple and very short and very to the point This is what I believe, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and He rose again. Very clear and distinct little testimony from Autumn. But I had the chance to have a conversation. She did her book, she wrote her testimony, but but over the course of two Sundays during during our time there in my my office, we had a great conversation, and and I want to just tell you a little bit about that. I found within this kind of... Shy young lady, a maturity that I wish I saw within a lot of other people. Like she said, she could talk very openly about her faith. Didn't know exactly when it happened, but she knew it was in her heart. She knew what she believed, and she believed in Jesus Christ. She prayed for her family and wanted you to have a similar faith that she had. She mentioned that to me. And the thing that really got me, she said, let me ask you a question, Jason. She says, "I don't. something happens in church, and I don't know what it is. Can you tell me what's going on? I said, well, what are you talking about? She said, well, when I sit in the back where I sit every Sunday with my grandpa and we sing, she says, I feel something come through me. It's beside me or it's in me. And she goes, I don't know what's going on. She goes, I I sense a presence. And I don't know what that is. What is that? And I said, dear child, that is the Holy Spirit. She goes, it only happens when I'm here in church When I'm worshiping Jesus. She said it doesn't happen every Sunday. But it seems like it happens every Sunday to me. And I read that scripture where uh, Peter told the people. Believe in Christ. Repent. Be baptized. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Confirmation of your salvation. And so as she explained that to me. In a very innocent way. Not knowing what it was. And me believing in all my heart. That she was experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit in her life. I knew at that point that she must be baptized. And so, in Acts chapter 8, when uh, Philip meets the uh, eunuch, the eunuch says, here's water, why can I not be baptized? Philip replies to him, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, is the Son of God, then you can be baptized. And so, Autumn, I want to ask you four questions. In your heart, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? In your heart, do you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins? In your heart, do you believe Jesus was raised from the dead and sits in heaven today? And in your heart, do you believe Jesus is Lord and you're committing to follow Him for the rest of your life? Then let us go and prepare ourselves for baptism. All right, well, church, you have heard her testimony, you've heard the report that I've given to you, and so it is in belief that she is a born-again believer in Christ that I baptize you today as as my sister. In accordance to God's commands and following Jesus' example, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You may remain standing. we got to get Paula to learn the Jeopardy! tune. Da, 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 da. There you go. That'll be our next one. I'm going to ask uh, Auden to come. I'm going to ask her mom and her granddad to come stand up here with her. Uh, so give you all the chance to all come by and wish some thanks to her. I'm her father. You're her father. All right. If you want to stand over here too. That'd be fine. All right. And uh, so you all get a chance to come and welcome her to the family. Um, We are certainly grateful for that. Let me close us in prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for this day. We thank You for what makes this day possible. That it's nothing we do, but it's what Jesus did. That He died on the cross to save us from our sins. And that by grace we have been saved through faith. And what we do today is only a reaction to that grace and to that faith. We thank you for this one, for Autumn, who's put her faith in you, Father, who's received forgiveness of her sins, who has the promise of eternal life in heaven with you. We welcome her into our family as we have welcomed others and as we've been welcomed into your family. And we pray that you will just continue to guide her and help her learn as she begins this discipleship process of following you for the rest of her days. We pray for your grace and mercy to her and to our church. And we thank you for this wonderful time of celebration. In Christ's name, amen.